Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hotspur House. I'm once again Toby from Underscore Spurs Center and today I am joined by Bodie from Hotspur.Industry and Charlie from N17Nation Underscore. So Charlie, what do you think of the game against Chelsea on Tuesday? Um, it was um, it was a really good performance from our B team and um, really didn't expect it. We were the definite underdogs um, and um, just the um, the dire man of the match thing um, tops it off or uh, tops it off. So yeah, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, I was. A lot of people were really pessimistic going into it with the lineup, and I thought it was actually a pretty strong lineup considering it was a, a cup game, which are usually. Uh, field weaker teams and Chelsea put out a really strong lineup and uh, I was really excited by getting to see Regulon for the first time uh, he's gonna be an excellent player for Spurs now and in the future uh, Serge Aurier I thought had a great game um, I'm uh, hoping that he stays at the club actually for the season and I think having competition is just fantastic for the squad uh, Bodie what about what about you what did you think of the game uh, it was it was Pretty good. Um, I was really good, delighted with the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, uh, I didn't really. At the end of the day, I I don't really care about the cup much. I was just really happy to beat Chelsea. So, because mm-hmm. I cause I live around a lot of Chelsea fans, and <laughs> I just like best when I can. So yeah. that was fun. Um, I saw a lot of promise. Especially Regulon, um, and Dombele, you know the likes of them. They were, they were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's Reguilon. not really much I could really say except it was a really good team performance, and I'm, I'm quite delighted with the result. Yeah, I, uh, Regulon obviously got turned inside out for Chelsea's opening goal, but then he really went and created, and you could say he turned Werner inside out to create our goal for Lamella to uh, stab home past the Chelsea, new boy, Chelsea keeper, uh, Mendy. Um, but uh, which player would you say was your man of the match? For me, I'd say um, Regulon, I guess. Regular. What about you, Charlie? Ndombele. I go for Ndombele. No one mentions this guy. Lamella, the one that scored the goal, was absolutely fantastic. He he created pretty much all our chances. He kept the ball really well. Like when he dribbles, like this agile dribbling that he does, he hardly loses the ball when he's dribbling. He won he won a f- few free kicks as well. He scored, created a few other chances. I mean, why why isn't anyone crediting this guy? It's crazy. He was great. I mean, obviously Ndombele and Regulon were also great, but I think he should be man of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a fair point. I think if uh, Dyer hadn't played the two games, or yeah, two games in uh, three days, I think Mourinho would have given the man of the match to um, Lamella instead. Because the commentator at one point said, uh, "If Spurs get a goal at this point, it'll be through Lamella." And about ten minutes later, Lamella gets the ball in the box and scores. And I think he did have a, a great game, and it's important for uh, to, for him to be playing really well when he was kind of the third choice uh, right winger, and now with Bale coming in, he needs to really step up his game and I think I think he's doing that as long as he doesn't get injured uh it should be a good season for him uh and I I'd like to see him start against Man United tomorrow but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later um so going into the penalty shootout how confident were you all that we would be the uh the winning side wasn't confident wasn't confident what about you Charlie 
I was watching it with my dad, and he straight away said, uh, because he's been watching Tottenham his whole life, and he's like, oh, just forget it, we're, we're already out. Um, and I have already watched us lose a few penalty shootouts, actually one yeah. against Chelsea as well. And I was like, I actually had a feeling in my head that we might actually win a penalty shootout for once. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we scored all five penalties was unbelievable. I did not expect that. And, um, I mean, the goalies were pretty poor. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, 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 like, the first four penalties by both teams were all the same penalties, pretty much. And the goalies yeah. just didn't. Um, but, yeah, very good penalty shootout from us. And um, nice to see the... It will motivate the players, certainly. I mean, Kane jumping yeah. and them jumping after and Reginald actually looking like um, looking like the most um, most motivated after he was really uh, happy jumping around everywhere and yeah that's a good thing to see um, a bit of winning spirit in the team so yeah hopefully that will help us against Manchester United yeah uh, oh I had two points but I'll, I'll just jump on the uh, oh yeah so the first point I was going to say was uh this is only the third time in the 21st century that Spurs have won a penalty shootout, which would explain why a lot of us weren't confident going into it, um, given how we exited both cups last year through penalty shootouts. And Oh, my. Um, sorry, to, that's not what you want to see, but Chelsea just won 4-0. Jorginho with two goals. I don't know what happened, but, yeah, um, they scored four in the second half to win. So, yeah, not very good. Well, we just need to go out and have a better result against Man United. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what I was going to say was also, so first time, in, uh, third time in the 21st century that we win a penalty shootout. And then Regulon after, afterwards um, was sprinting down to Hugo. And he was the first one that actually started celebrating with Hugo after uh, Kane. And then, Kane, sorry, Regulon was the first and then Kane uh, arrived after Regulon. They were like the three celebrating together. And then everyone else arrived except for Dombele, who took took his time getting down there. Um, but back to Dombele, um, def- we all love him. He's playing fantastically right now, but he is not the most passionate player you'll find. Uh, I love him. I'm very happy he's at the club and he didn't leave this summer, but just just not a passionate player. Uh, and then winning the penalty shootout, do you think that has anything to do with the mentality that Jose Mourinho is building? Uh, Bodie, do you think that is due to... Jose Mourinho's winning mentality that he's trying to build at Spurs? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, every single player that he's signed has won something. So he's wanting to um, not only get quality, but he also wants... he Because if you see, in in the Amazon Prime, um, in the All or Nothing, he says um, when he first arrives, he says in quote marks, um, this team is full of of nice boys and mm-hmm. I think I think what he meant by that is you know they're not they're not aggressive enough in the competition they don't take it seriously enough and I think Jose to add his own touch into it he wants to um mm-hmm. bring in bring in a, a team full of winners uh, and look at every single one of the players he signed has won at least one trophy um, well, you've got a good point there, but the thing, I think, um, I mean, he probably also meant that, but when he said bad, uh, that they're, like, too good, um, they're not aggressive enough, I think what he meant by that is, like, when you watch other teams, 
um, in the Premier League, when they're like 2-0 up or even 1-0 up, they um, foul us, do everything to stop the other team from attacking. They take them down. It doesn't matter. It's just a yellow card. You know, they, they do these fouls. That's why you got Hoiberg in. They foul players like um, tactical fouls is what I'd call it. Um, obviously, we're going to see uh, more yellow cards this season. But the point is, under Poch, we, teams kept coming back from 1-0, 2-0 down to beat us because we just, didn't, we, we just sat back and didn't really take it seriously. And then the other teams scored easy goals. And I think um, that Hoiberg is going to be um, very important with that this season. That, I mean, we've already seen that from Hoiberg this season against Southampton. He just, um, when we were like 4-1 four, four, up, he kept fouling players. Players and yeah, that's a positive, I guess. Uh, interesting point off of that was in the 16-17 uh, season, I believe, uh, Spurs had the most yellow cards at the end of the season out of any team. So, and it's uh, definitely something that we didn't do as much at the uh, towards the end of Pochettino's reign. But uh, just gotta wonder, like, why it kind of stopped, like why we didn't uh, play such a critical part of our game anymore. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to say was that in the documentary, you could see uh, Mourinho tell his players that, like, like what you were saying, Charlie, that you have to make those tactical fouls and you have to drag players down. They do it to us every, day, every game, every time. Uh, you have to do it to them. And I don't know if it's just because he said that and like now I'm like looking at it more, but I swear we're doing that two, three, four, five times more than we usually do. Like I'll see uh, Maccabi Haifa countering and Los Celso drags down the player with the ball and then we get back in the position on a solid and and they have to try to break through uh, 11 players rather than maybe three or four. Um, but I, I'm seeing it a lot more than I used to, and I think that's a good scene, a good thing, good sign for the future. Um, okay. I'm going to need to interrupt you one more time because this is great news, and it will put a smile on every Spurs fan's face. I just saw it in the group. Breaking. Hussein Alvar, Memphis Depay, staying at Lyon. The club announces to RMC Sports. All negotiations off. Arsenal are not getting our. Oh, that is that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, that's, so uh, that's pretty great. Yeah, um, that can that will shut up Arsenal fans for a while. So <laughs> we have um, we I think we've talked enough about the Chelsea game. Um, right. Great win, obviously. Our B team as well, but um, yeah, yeah, let's move on to Maccabi now. Maccabi Haifa. Uh, so obviously, we won the game 7 2, exactly one year on from losing 7 2 at the Spurs Stadium. And uh, we were playing lower quality opposition, but do you think that just it's gonna boost us with confidence heading into games like Manchester United and for the rest of the season? I'll go to you first, Bodie. Uh, yeah, I mean. United's a very important game. I think this game will definitely decide which both teams, like where they'll finish. I think mm -hmm. whoever wins this game will finish higher than the other squad. So I think it's it's extremely important, and we really need to put put our shift in and get and get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think this is a very important game for both team seasons because uh, neither team has had a very convincing start. I mean, Spurs, I think deserved the win against 
Newcastle on Sunday uh, with Carl Darlow, like we talked about in the review, so I won't really go into it too much, but obviously he had an amazing game and VAR on Eric Dyer's handball, if you want to call it that. Um, but Man United are doing – yeah, they've only played two games, but they've won one. They've lost one. Uh, it's getting very lucky against Brighton as well. It wasn't a clear win. It was uh, – Brighton hit the crossbar five times, and Man United had a penalty after the game had finished, which only they could do. Um, so I think we have to do our best to keep them out of the box because I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything here, but when Man United get in the box, I'd say – two times out of 10 they end up getting a penalty so we really we really need to be sure that we try our best to keep the ball out of our box so there isn't another uh, bogus penalty call against us and I'm not saying I want to see this but I could definitely uh, see Jose teaching our team to just try to get the ball into the box and hit it into someone and maybe we get the the penalty Uh, definitely not the football we want to watch but it's if it gets results and that's ultimately what Jose Mourinho is here for um, what do you think about the whole handball mess, Charlie? Yeah, well, um, I was just about to say. So, yeah, Jose already pointed out, of course, in his legendary press conferences, that um, o- o- Ole um, is lucky because he has like a 22-yard box, um, not an 18-yard box. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how he responded to their win against Brighton. But yeah, against Maccabi, I was disgusted with that Doherty penalty. Come on, come yeah. on! I mean, I I will admit as well. Oh, the pen that they gave us, that was harsh as well. I mean, it the was the first one. The it, first one. Hands were next to his body, and Davies yeah. just smashed it into them. It, again, it's not. Uh, it, it should only be when it's clearly. Um, um, it should only be given a penalty when it's clear that the player had the intention to. Stop it with his hand. That's what. That's what yeah. I, well, I mean, like the hand wasn't in. The hand wasn't in the way. It was, yeah. you know, it was done by a side. So, you know, it's pretty ludicrous. He's been quite unlucky with this. I mean, it's already happened to him twice in the Spurs shirt. But yeah. Uh, yeah, also talking about it, nothing would have changed. Like the one that they gave for us when Kane scored it. Um. So Davies crosses it into him, and he just hits his uh, uh hits his hands. But his hands were like. Um, on his chest. On his body, literally, it would have just hit, hit his body anyway. Nothing would have happened. Just, um, craziness, really. Um, but there was no VAR in the game, so that actually has yeah. nothing to do with VAR. Um, mm. But, you know, a um, bit harsh for, for both pens. But yeah. um, also, what I wanted to point out, people will disagree with me, but I think the first 25 minutes or 20 minutes of the Maccabi game, it was a bad performance by Tottenham. Yes, we scored twice. I mean, not bad, but it was very average. It was sloppy. I mean, yes, the, f- the first goal was great. Great build-up play. And the second goal was just a header from a corner, really. But um, after we scored the first goal, the next 15 minutes, with Hoybjerg, Sanchez, Davies, Lo Celso, we just kept giving them the ball, giving it away, being sloppy. Um, obviously, everything changed after um, after Los Celso's first goal. Yeah. Um, um, another another day, a different team would have punished us for that. Yeah, yeah, they really would have. I mean, just the big chance they had, like about twenty seconds after we scored the first goal. I mean, we were just weren't concentrating, and 
I can't blame Hart for that goal that they scored. I mean, that was just no. absolute bang. But again, just too much space, too easy. Um, and we got punished eventually. But yeah, then Celso with two, with a brace, and then it just went easier from there. What is with European teams in qualifying and scoring absolute bangers against Tottenham? I want to know. Like, I know. Roof, it's, it's, I, um, but let's get into specific players' individual performances. Uh, ben Davis is the first player I want to talk about. Uh, he provided two assists today after not providing a single assist in any competition last year, uh, last season. Uh, do you think that just has to do with Regulon being introduced to the team and now he has some competition, so he has to be playing better if he wants to get into that starting lineup? Uh, Bodie, I'll go to you first. Nah, he just he just got lucky. <laughs> he really just got lucky. I don't think. I mean, like at the same, yeah, he may be pressured to work harder now that Regulon's in. But think about it. I think I personally, I think Danny Rose was just as good as Ben Davies. But why didn't Davies? Why didn't Davies have motivation? It would have been because um, he would have been guaranteed a spot either way, and he knew it. As you can see, in the all or nothing, you know how Danny Rose was, fear, was fuming with how little game time he was getting, and I'm I think that Davies knew instantly that you know he had nothing really to fight for. He was going to get a game either way, mm-hmm. but now that Regulon's in and he you know he's he's all, he has only played like one game and he's already considered one of the best left-backs in the Prem at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, there's so much more pressure on him. Yeah. So he might he might perform, but honestly, for those two, for the, for that game, I think it was, he was just lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to say, I think he was getting uh, further forward than he normally does, and he was, I think he was trying to become more of a creative outlet for, for Spurs. Um, but what about you, Charlie? What do you think? Well, the first assist was great. I mean, he creates the goal pretty much him and Bergman but I mean the second assist was okay but except for the two assists I mean actually did kind of create the penalty for us but really except for that he gave the ball away a lot I mean he really needs to improve on his like just passing because I mean he was okay but that's not gonna challenge Regulon at all I mean Regulon's just far superior to but yeah, you're right. I'm sure he'll fight a bit more, but yeah, the, I think the left back left back spot is definitely um Regulon's. And um also talking about great performances, Bergwine. Wow. That's what I want to get into next. Um well <laughs> what a in the first, he, so he pretty much created the first goal along with Davies. He got two assists. And the last assist, assist for Kane is one of the most stunning runs I've seen in the world. That, I mean, that was the, exceptional. Just the skill to get past him. That, like, that defender, I swear. I wanted him to score so badly. I was gutted yeah. that he didn't. Oh, yeah, that yeah. shit shot. That was so unlucky. He yeah. should have gone the keeper, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely could have gone around the keeper. But I think, I think it, was, it was really obvious uh, to me. Uh, that when he got through, he was looking to chip it. And I think the keeper read it as well. And fair play to the keeper. But uh, Bergvine, I think that just would have been a massive confidence boost for him to score. But I think it should be a confidence boost anyway. He had an exceptional game. Uh, I'm sure that Josie Mourinho was full of praise for him uh, in the locker, in the um, dressing room afterwards. But um, 
yeah, he definitely had an exceptional game. I think that he will be more involved in Spurs games coming up. Uh, but then again, Sun and Vale will be back soon. And I don't think Bergvine will start against Man United on Sunday. I'm sorry, I keep starting to talk about Man United on Sunday, but we'll get to we'll get there eventually. Uh, just a few more players I want to talk about um, before we. There's um there's rumors that um he'll be ready for for um United. Sun? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm I'm nervous. I I, I want to put him in my fantasy team, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a in a few minutes. But uh, just a few more players I wanted to talk about was uh, Lo Celso uh, against McAvoy. Uh, had two goals, which uh, means he scored four total goals for Spurs now. Uh, do you think that's a sign of more goals to come, or was it just uh, two goals against a lower team, and we'll see less goals from him this season? Uh, Bodie, you can start with this one. Wait, could you say that again, please? Of course. Um, Los also uh, scored two goals yesterday, or two days ago, and he. Do you think that that means he's going to have more goals this season, or was it just uh, he had two chances against a lower opposition with a worse keeper and worse defense? Yeah, I, I think. See, who's, um, I think Potch bought him, in the sense of um, he wanted a a, a new playmaker. But I think Jose's plans for him is to make him play more deep, letting Domblay get further up. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think it was just he was at the right place at the right time twice, and you know, just netted some goals. And yeah, I think the the system that Mourinho is trying to implement right now is with Hoybier as a deeper lying ball winning player, and then feeding it to Loselso or Domblay, and then Domblay or Loselso can either carry it or find the pass to Kane, or Son, or Bale, and then they can play it into one of the other players, and then that's how we'll score most of our goals. But uh, we'll definitely, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Dele Alli uh, came on at the um, 46th minute uh, for the second half, and uh, created a penalty at the end of the game and scored uh, subsequently. Uh, Charlie, what would you think of Dele Alli's performance? Well, um, he kind of created the sixth goal too. I mean, yeah, because um, he passed it to Bergwijn, who then um, who then found Kane. But um, that skill, wow! I mean, mm-hmm. he, I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone says about Ali. He really is the king of nutmegs. He's done it so many mm-hmm. times, so many people. But this one might actually be his best yet. I mean, that was absolutely phenomenal. And um, then he just talks to pen away easily. I think we might actually shockingly see him start against Man U. Depends on how he trains ahead of the game. But um, actually probably not because of that excellent Geo performance. Plus Geo was rested at half time. So yeah. no, I think Lucelso will probably play. But what a performance by Geo. I was so happy. Uh, I because I, I was I'm constantly annoyed. Like last season he scored I mean the season before last he scored sixteen goals for Betis. And then he came in and he scored like two or two goals, was it, last yeah, season? two goals. And he just wasn't shooting, shooting enough. I've already said this in this podcast. And finally, I mean, he actually missed one or two chances before he scored the first goal. But then that, 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 uh, the finish for the first goal, great. And then the excellent chip. I mean, I was just so happy for him. And hopefully this is the start of a good goal-scoring run for Lo Celso this season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, but Deli Ali, I mean, um, just to get back to him, uh, I haven't seen him pull off a nutmeg. Maybe it's just I'm not remembering, but I feel like it's been quite a while since we've seen him pull off a nutmeg. And maybe that's the just City, City game, like one one and a half or two years ago, he hasn't pulled off a brilliant nutmeg. Yeah, so maybe that's just um, like if, I'm saying a lot of things are signs for other things, but um, maybe it's a sign that uh. Deli Ali is getting back to his his former self, and he's going to be oh, getting back to his. He said it when he scored twice against Bournemouth, and uh, when Jose came in. I mean, yes, it's hopeful, but every time we say this, it doesn't happen. So maybe we should just not say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I I hate it when people say that because, you know, we've been waiting for so long for it to happen, and I'm like, I'm sorry if. I'm upsetting any Spurs fans by saying this, but he's never, ever, ever going to be the same he was back then. I, I think that's a bit harsh. I think he will hit the heights, whether or not it's with Spurs. No, it, it's, it's the honest truth. As long as he stays at Spurs, he's going to be the same. Wow, you're not confident. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think I could see Dele getting close to that. Uh, that magical season or two he had with us. Um, I think it might, it might be a couple seasons, uh, maybe not, maybe not a couple, but uh, not this year, but I think, I think he'll finish the season extremely strong and then going into next year, it'll be a real fight between Lasso, Dele and Dombele for who gets to start in those two attacking positions. Um, well, those are really all of the players that I wanted to cover against Maccabi. Uh, so let's get into our latest signing. Carlos Vinicius, 18 months on from letting Llorente leave. We finally, finally have another striker. Bodhi, I'll go to you first. What do you think about that? I am delighted, especially with who we got. When I was, well, I've, I've always, I've been saying this for a while. I wanted Vinicius over Milik. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I originally didn't realize the price tag he had on him, mm-hmm. I look. I just saw those stats, the goals, the assists, and the appearances. I thought, "Wow, we really need to get this player." And when um, when it said it was a free mil, three million loan with a forty-five million option to buy, it's... and I found out like loads and loads of Benfica fans were furious over this deal. He had a hundred million release clause and a couple of months ago Benfica wanted no less than sixty mil from Levy has managed to get him on a one year loan and a with a with a fifteen with fifteen million less than the asking price in an option to buy. Now that's that's the best deal he's ever he's done in he's ever done. Yeah. It was definitely, definitely, definitely a fantastic deal. Uh, Charlie, what'd you think about it? I have a lot to say about this. I mean, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, I didn't know how good this guy was. I thought it was a bit big when I first saw him about a year ago. I thought it was a bit sloppy on the ball because he was like, how tall? He's really tall. He seems really tall. Um, and then I saw some of his goals. And I didn't know until a few days ago that he was top scorer in, in the Portuguese league last season. Because mm-hmm. no one was... No one was really talking about him. Like no one, I've never heard anyone talk about him before the last few days. And um, some of his goals are great. He can definitely flick the ball up, and he can head it. He can volley it. He can. He's actually quick for such a tall guy. He's got some skills yeah. too. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, um, yeah. 
like the Benfica fans, you know, like like I said before about how you know they're furious that you know they, they are we're getting him for potentially so little when mm-hmm. you know he valued so much more highly. Um, he, yeah, he's he's a great player. I think. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, Charlie, you you talk again. Let me think. I forgot what I was gonna say there. Okay, okay. Um, so I have a lot um, more to say. So um, the fact is um, that this Lewis guy or whatever, the, the chairman of Benfica or whatever, um, everyone's saying that this is the worst deal he has ever accepted. Yep. And I think that's true. I mean, this guy is like, Benfica have one of the best youth academies on the planet. And um, he's a bit like Lewis Campos from Lille. He's a genius when it comes to transfers and stuff. But how has he let this happen? I mean, it's disgraceful. Three million for one year loan, and it's not a forty-five million buy uh, buy option. You, it's not. It's a non-obligatory forty-five million buy option, and I didn't mm-hmm. know this. But that means that we can, if we pay forty-five million, buy him, and um, Benfica have no say in it if we just pay straight up forty-five million. Uh-huh. But we can also pay less than that. We can pay 25. We can pay 20. And if Benfica accepts it, he's, he's gone. So, under, pretty much, which is just a great deal. Unbelievable. I don't know how we've pulled that off. Um, yeah, um, yeah, like I said, sorry, I just remember what I was going to say. Obviously, like I said before, how the Benfica fans are furious. You know, they, why would you? Right. Let Let's say you're the you you know you're the the uh, the board. Why would you let your best player? Now, let, this is from Benfica fans. You know, why would you let your best player in the team leave on a loan, three million with a forty-five million obligation to buy or option to buy whatever it is, when the original asking price is sixty million and he has a one hundred million release clause? You know, like from what I've seen, this guy's got more potential than what Jao Felix had. And mm-hmm. they athletically paid like 120 million for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting thing I saw was that um, Spurs actually went in for uh, Carlos Vinicius at the beginning of the window because he was Jose Mourinho's uh, primary target for that striker position. And then uh, Benfica uh, said that it was their asking price was 60 million and they wouldn't do anything less. And then Daniel Levy waited. He bided his time. He like inquired about a few other strikers he just he set it up so that if it didn't happen he could go for other strikers and then Benfica got knocked out of the Champions League qualifications so that they weren't going to be playing in the Champions League next season and just like that um he moved in and secured a brilliant deal I mean I feel silly for saying Levy out at the beginning of the transfer window I mean he's done exceptional this this year probably the best window we've ever had as a club it's just, it's brilliant. I, uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. He's, he's done an amazing job. Um, just simply brilliant. Great, great work from Daniel Levy this window. And now we just have to hope that all of our signings uh, end up suiting to the Premier League. And Hoybier and Doherty obviously already have. Um, Regulon played against one of the toughest teams in England. And yes, he made a mistake. But, I mean, he was fantastic other than that. Um, Gareth Bale has already played in the Premier League and just great work. Yeah, go for it. Based off all the players, right? 
So this is Doughty, Hoybier, Regulon. The players that have already played, the signings we've made, who do you think's been the best that we've signed? Oh, yeah. that, that, I, 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 I would agree. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. interesting choices. What, what do you think? Who do you think's been the best so far? The best overall player for the club is obviously for me, Regulon, because he's going to be long-term. But the thing is, Real Madrid do have this buyback thing. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll use it. They, it only lasts two years. And they have Ferlan Mendy, who's probably better than Regulon. And he's also young. So, they, they don't even need Regulon. And Regulon needs to say yes to it. And he won't be yeah. a second choice for Mendy. So, I'm not worried about that. But when it comes... Um, the best player that we've signed is Regulon. I mean, Bale's good. But, you know, we haven't seen him in a while. And... Uh, we were talking about the players that have played so far. Who do you think have had like the best consistent performances? Oh, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hoiberg. I mean, Hoiberg and Doherty have pretty much been the only ones that have played. Yeah, and Doherty's been meh. I don't know. He's been okay. He's he's been all right. I think he'll I think he'll be better. I think uh, like I mentioned a few podcasts ago, if he scored that goal against Everton and that assist against Southampton didn't get ruled out, I think he'd be a lot more full of confidence and be providing more opportunities and more assists and goals, but um, didn't happen. So he just has to pick himself up and get back into it. Uh, but I think, like, like you were saying, Charlie, I think the most important signing overall and for the long term is going to be Regulon. Um, is a great deal. Doherty is 29 or 30, so he's not going to be here for long. Uh, same thing with Bale. I mean, obviously we all love Bale uh, and he's fantastic. Uh, but I mean, his injuries and his inconsistency, really. But uh, I mean, fantastic to have him back. And then Carlos Vinicius is going to be important. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to be a, a backup striker. I know some people hate the uh, the, the term backup, and you want to be signing a second striker that can provide competition. And I think Vinicius will, but I mean, he's not going to start over. But he's—I mean, he's hardly a backup striker. Come on, with our schedule, he's going to be playing at least half of the games. That's a fair point. Uh, and last season, we did see us line up in a 4-4-2 on a couple of occasions. So, I mean, no reason we couldn't do that again um, with Kane and Vinicius forming a strike if partnership up top. If we want to beat United, we have to play 4-4-2. It's our strongest formation. And people that say... Oh, you think it's our strongest formation? Whoa! You know, look, really? Son and Kane, right? Have you seen... You know, the game against Southampton, people think it's because... The high, the high line. Southampton. It, as soon as we switched to a four-four-two, that's when we scored all the goals. Four-four-two is the best formation to help, to help with um, to help Son and Kane get they get the best out of Son and Kane. Their link-up play when they do a four, when you play the four-four-two is is amazing. They're, they're basically the only two players up top you need. Then the rest of the players are super defensive. And it's just really solid for hanging on to a lead or increasing it from a counter-attack, which is exactly Jose's style. So for what Jose needs, 4-4-2 has been his best formation. And in my opinion, it's Spurs' best formation at this time. That's interesting. Uh, I, I would have to say that I think our best formation is the 4-3-3. But um, that's definitely interesting. I I, I'm just going to stick with the 4 2 3 work like we always have because, mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. All our players are fit right now. And we played 4 2 3 1 against Newcastle, I'm pretty sure. And that was a great well, performance. 
that didn't have all of our players, though. I mean, uh, Sonny was injured. No, was, was Sonny injured against Newcastle? No, yeah, he yeah. played. We hit the first yeah, spot. Okay. Yeah, but what yeah. I want to say about Sonny, um, they've been um, the Evening Standard, uh, Standard and The Guardian or something, which are pretty decent sources. It, it isn't The Sun. So uh, yeah. um, it's, um, they've said that Son um, is expected to start tomorrow, which is crazy. Um, I don't want to start, start him, to be honest, because he's, he's not going to be, even if he does start, he's not going to be in the form that um, Bergwin deserves to start after the performance against Bergwin and Lucas, or Bergwin and Lamella deserve to start, if I'm being honest. But obviously, Son off the bench would be good, but I just don't know if I'd start him. But um, talking about Son, here are, um, I just have these, this ready here. So here are some of the stats. Um, I mean, this, his stats before he got injured. Um, and um, I mean, um, so here they are. Um, so it's 2020, 21 statistics so far. Appearances, four goals, four shots per game, 2.7, which is pretty good. Dribbles per game, 0.7. Key passes per game, 2.7. Pass accuracy, 80.3%. Uh, so he's been okay, but except for that Southampton game, he hasn't been way too involved. Obviously, Emma scored against Newcastle, but um, I think when he comes back, he will definitely um, um, start scoring a lot again. But um, yeah, um, also what I wanted to mention, I didn't mention before, um, I mean, some really funny stuff um, in the last few days when it comes to Tottenham. Uh, first, Eric Dyer thing um, and the toilet seat um, on Instagram. And then also um, the Spurs admin, he's just so good on Instagram. Um, before we signed Vinicius, I mean, that's absolute shithousery. I mean, it's hilarious. That was, that was great. I loved that. Um, yeah. And yeah, just wanted to say that. Um, but um, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So Vinicius is a great signing, certainly. But um, yeah, let's get on to um, our um, predicted starting 11s ahead ahead of the Man U game. Alrighty, I'm gonna go first on this one. I uh, posted it on my Instagram uh, a couple of days ago, and I don't think anything's gonna change. Uh, Loris in goal, obviously. I think Doherty will start at right back. I think Sanchez and Eric Dyer in the middle, and I'm gonna go with. Regulon at left back, and then I think Hoybier for the first time. I think we're going to see Hoybier, Loselso, and Dombele all start together, and then Lamella, Kane, and Lucas. And before, 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 before everyone says Bergvine should start for that amazing performance on Thursday, I agree he had a great performance, but I don't want him to start on Sunday after playing uh, 90 minutes and having his first really great performance of the season against uh, an Israeli team who hasn't won a trophy in a while either. So, I, I mean, I, I think it was a great confidence booster and it was a great performance from him. But I think that uh, Mourinho was resting Lamella for that game on purpose because he knew he was going to be playing him on Sunday uh, for that because he earned it for that performance against Chelsea. And Lucas Mora also has been rested recently. Don Belay was rested. Lo Celso came off at halftime. Hoybier was subbed early. Regulon didn't play on Thursday. Dyer uh, didn't play on Thursday. Sanchez played on Thursday, but he didn't play on Tuesday. Uh, Doherty didn't play Thursday, and neither did Loris. So I think these are all players that have been rested, so they should be fresh. And then we'll have options off the bench, like Bergvine. Um, and I think, like Dele Alli, too, as well. Um, so I think 
it'll be a confident game. I'm, I don't think Sun's going to start. I think maybe maybe he'll get a substituted appearance. Um, but uh, uh, Bodie, we'll move on to you. Uh, or if you want to comment on my starting lineup. Uh, but who do you think is going to start? I mean, I have really no clue at all. Would it, would it be okay if you said what lineup I would like to see instead? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, I'd like to see this. Now, just hear me out when I say this. So, I'd, obviously, I'd like to see the 4-4-2. Four, the I'm expecting to see, well, I'd like to see Regulion, uh, Regulon, sorry, um, um, Alderweireld and Tanganga and Doherty. And in the midfield, I'd like to see Indombele and Huibia. Mm-hmm. On on the left and right, I'd like to see. Um, I'd like. I'd like to see. A, I'd like to see uh, Lamella and Jack Clark. Whoa, Jack Clark. Yeah, yeah. enough top. I'd, I'd like to see Bergvine and Kane. That was a uh, unexpected. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's had a he had a great game in preseason. He had he had he done a lot, and I think he's worthy of the chance. Because if you take a look at Tanganga, you know, he really performed on his debut against Liverpool, and of of all teams, Liverpool, and you know, he done fantastic. And I think Jack there's Martin no really uh, there's no podcast without Bodhi having a controversial opinion. <laughs> That's um, true. But um, yeah, I mean, interesting. Jack Clark is quick, but nah, I'd never start him. And also with this four-four-two, you're saying it's the strongest formation. But then what happens with Loselso and Allen? I mean, they can't just be dropped out of the picture like that. No, I I understand that. It's just, I mean, Jose will want to rest, is want to rest some players, and I think. To rested a- players. Why would you rest players ahead? Um, against Manchester United. I mean, this is a huge game, even for Jose, just to uh, get some revenge over United. Um, yeah, but sure, he'd, he'd, want some, he'd, want, he'd still want rotation for further games because you don't want to go and play your full-out squad and then have to play, like, your third team against in, like, in a Europa League game or something. Yeah, but that's the thing. We haven't used our... Um, best team in the last two games, really. I mean, uh, you can say against Maccabi, we kind of did, but not really. We still rested in Dombele and Los Celso was taken off at half time. So, Regulon I didn't start. Resting players ahead of Manchester United because he sees it as a very important game. I mean, if you think about it, if we lose, that's four points out of four games. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, definitely interesting. It's going to be interesting. We, uh, we are in the Oh, hold on. Yeah, we are in the same position that we were at the very beginning of last season. We had one win, one loss, and one draw, uh, beating Austin Villa, drawing Man City, and losing against Newcastle. And then this season, we lost to Everton, beat Southampton, and then uh, drew Newcastle. So I think that it'll be important for Mourinho to show that he uh, is like just better. Uh, and the team last year and with the amount of money we've invested I mean I know a lot of the players aren't available still but um, I think that's interesting with Jack Clark I, I think if he doesn't go out on loan I think he'll get a few appearances in the Premier League this season and I think he could actually uh, turn out to be really good but I don't think Jose Mourinho is going to um, want to risk it did and you then, see uh, the recent um, did you see the recent Fabrizio Romano tweet 
I did not. Okay, let, me, let me show you it real quick. It, it is Tottenham will complete Juan Foyth to Villarreal and Ryan Sessegnon to Hoffenheim. Deals on the next hours. Talks on going to complete both loans. Foyth also a 15 million buy option. Ryan Sessegnon to Hoffenheim. I'm yeah. disappointed with that. I really wanted Sessegnon to go to a Premier League team and get Premier League experience because he's playing for a Premier League club in the Premier League. So, uh, I'm disappointed with that. I was really hoping we'd send him to somewhere like uh, Brighton or Southampton. Um, but, oh well. Uh, this is funny because um, this reminds me a lot of Reese Nelson, Arsenal's guy, going to, um, was it Hoffenheim as well? Yeah. Um, to Hoffenheim, a young English winger going to Hoffenheim, and he kind of shines there. But then since he's been back at Arsenal, he's, he's scored a few goals, but he hasn't really signed much. So I, I, I also agree, I think he should go to the Premier League club. Actually, I don't want him learned out at all. He's very, he's good for depth. I think we shouldn't sell anyone, not even Hoyne Foyth. I think we should only sign, uh, sell Rose and potentially Hoyne Foyth, but except for that, no one else. Because this is the best depth we have ever had, and we can't let go of it. Because it's important to have these players. Because think about it, Alderweireld injured, or Sanchez injured, or Dyer has a red and Sanchez is injured. We only have Alderweireld, um, we only have Alderweireld and Tanganga, and after them only Juan Foyth. I think we should actually keep Foyth, just for depth. I mean, depends on him, to be honest. But I think we should sell anyone except for Rose. I think in a perfect world, that would be great. But uh, Daniel Levy, he needs to make some money. He spent a great amount this window, and uh, he needs to bring some money in through player sales. And uh, Jose Mourinho was complaining the other day about how he had uh, too many players to manage. And uh, Mourinho really excels at man management, but he can't do that if he has 30 players in a squad. Um, so I think that it's probably good that Foyth is out. Uh, and like you're saying, if two of our if a player is suspended and a center back is injured, uh, we'll only have two, but I think uh, Davis, he can play at centre-back. He's done it before, um, so we'll agree there. And then with Sessegnon, we have plenty of winger options right now, so I'm not concerned about that. I and think, then yeah, at left-back, uh, we have Regulon, Ben Davis, and uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Sirkin, Kirkin, um, yeah. I think. He'll, uh, he'll get a couple opportunities this season. Mourinho seems to really like him. Uh, the signing of Regulon, obviously, uh, dented uh, his – chances at playing the season but I think he will still get some opportunities uh so I think our squad depth is still pretty good I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a few other players went out too I mean uh Cameron Carter Vickers I think he'll probably leave permanently before the window's over um I think he'll leave uh after the um Euro the European uh, transfer deadline day and he'll go to another English club uh within the, the week following that um just looking at our squad right now I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Paulo Gasaniga go. I know uh, a lot of the uh, Spurs fans out there really like him and uh, seem to hate Joe Hart for no particular reason other than he's not Paulo Gasaniga, and I think that's really unfair. Uh, Joe Hart had a good game against Maccabi Haifa. He had a couple good saves. Uh, Danny Rose, like we said, I think will leave. Carter Vickers will leave. Um, Foyth will be gone. Just looking at our squad, I don't think anyone else will be leaving. And the funny thing is, is if I was, uh, if Jetson Fernandez was our player, which obviously he's not, he's been because he's on a loan here, I would be saying we need to loan him out or sell him because, I mean, he hasn't had an impact on the squad. He played against um, Chelsea on Tuesday, but 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced by him yet. Maybe he'll prove he's worth the, uh, what is it, 40, 50 million? Um, that is the option to buy at, upon the expiry of his uh, loan deal with us. But um, I don't know, Charlie, what do you think about uh, players leaving? Oh, sorry, you, you just talked about that. Uh, Bodie, what do you think about players leaving? Um, I mean, I, I don't, I, I really don't know. I'd like to see Foyth leave. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'd like, I'd like to see Ryan Sessegnon leave as well, but only on loan. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's got huge, huge potential and he can really, I think he would, he could do really well as a replacement for Son when Son, Son when Son's time is up. Um, mm-hmm. which won't be for a while yet, but with it's how young for the future. Young, yeah, he'll be a really good successor. And yeah, those are the only two I really like to see properly leave. I mean, Carter Vickers as well. Him, he hasn't been great. But at the same time, it's good to have him for depth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the only two, really, that I'm, I can think of at the moment that I'm happy to see leave. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, like, like you said before, I'm disappointed with Sassanyong leaving. Um, to Hoffenheim, I'd, I'd, well, well, um, as a chance, anyways, because it's not confirmed. Yeah, I would have liked to see him go to a yep. lower, lower team Premier League team to, for for experience in the top division. But I guess it is what it is. Playtime's yep. playtime. So. Yeah, I think this is going to be a critical year for uh, Ryan Sessegnon's development as well. I think this year is really going to um, decide whether or not he's a left winger or left back. Um, I think wherever Hoffenheim play him for the majority of uh, this coming season um, is where he's gonna end up uh, playing for the rest of his career. I don't, I don't, I don't. I would be surprised if it changed. Uh, but I don't know. That that was really odd. Uh, getting back to what we were saying though, uh, getting ready for Manchester United. I think uh, you were saying all the would be in your starting lineup. I would be absolutely shocked if all the Viral started. Um, following him playing all 90 minutes on Tuesday and on Thursday. I think uh, he'll be given a chance to rest uh, to prevent any injury. And at uh, the international break, I believe, is uh, this – not this weekend, but uh, next weekend. Let's double-check on that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, international break is uh, next weekend. So uh, hopefully the uh, international managers don't run our players ragged. And obviously, uh, Gareth Southgate and Jose Mourinho have had a little bit of a um, spat over uh, press conferences. But uh, what do you think about whether or not we should be resting, I'm saying in quotes, players this Sunday, Charlie? Um, uh, on tomorrow, we... Um... We should. Um, it's it. It's it's it. Old Trafford, right? Yep. So last time at Old Trafford, we lost. Um, and um, yeah, I think I think we will win today because they were they were pretty bad. I mean, yes, they just beat Brighton, but I think we're definitely in a better form when we're playing better than them. Mm-hmm. So um, we, I think we'll win, but. Um, I'm, I don't think we should rest anyone. We should just play our best possible team, which would be Kane, Son, uh, Kane, Son, Bergwin. Uh, actually, I said that I wouldn't play Son. So Kane, 
I'm going to go Kane, Lucas, Bergwin, um, Lo Celso, Ndombele, Hoybjerg, and Regulon, Doherty, um, Elderweireld, and Dyer. I actually don't want to see Sanchez. I don't know. I just, I just think um, Dyer and Toby will do well, and then Lloris and Goal. So, um, I, yeah, I think we'll win. Uh, interesting stat here. Uh, we haven't beaten Manchester United in any competition since August 27th, 2018, when we had that amazing 3-0 victory against them with Kane and Lucas Moura scoring two. What about last season? We, we lost two. And we lost two oh, one, yeah. and then we drew 1-1 one, one in the uh, first game of that uh, of the restart, which I think was unfair. Have I mean, I don't know. Three games against Man U since then, though, or two, three or two. Well, so, since the uh, since the win against them in 2018, we've played we've played four games against them. Wow, that's bad. Um, well, I'm confident to be honest. I just think don't think much right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I'm fairly confident. I think they've had a very poor start to the season, and you you could argue that Spurs have. But I think realistically, we've actually had a pretty good start. We were just very unlucky against Newcastle. We, we played very poorly against Everton. Uh, but every game since then, I mean, I think we've probably played the most games out of anyone in England at the moment. I mean, we've played three Premier League games, three Europa League qualifiers, and one Carabao Cup game. Uh, so, I mean, seven games in the space of, what is it, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Uh, and then we're playing our eighth game uh, tomorrow of the season. So... It's been busy, but I think we'll get the. Uh, I think we'll get the win. I'm gonna go. Let's start getting into score prediction predictions. I'm going with. Ooh. I say these these like kind of wild claims sometimes when they're completely off and they're totally spot on. I'm gonna go with a four-one Spurs win. No, no, no. I'm gonna go with a four-zero Spurs win. Four-nil. We're going to have our first clean sheet of the season away at Old Trafford. Harry Kane's going to get on the score sheet once. Lamella's going to be on there once. Regulon is going to have a Premier League debut goal. And then to wrap it all up, Tangi and Dombele is going to get a goal in the last 20 minutes. That's ambitious. I think um, we're going to get two – I'd say 2-1 win. I think – I think um, we'll get – I think Kane will, Kane will score. I think Bergvine will score if he plays, and I think Bruno will score a free kick. Mm. How about you, Charlie? To wrap it up. My score prediction is 3-0. Kane scores. Um, Bergvine scores. And Doherty scores an absolute banger. That's what I'm going for. Ooh, interesting. You, you, you love to see it. This is it's gonna be good. I'm I'm excited to watch. Um, really wish we could be uh, visiting the stadium I right now. But badly. if we start well, I can see us winning easily. But, you know, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we scored a goal in the first five minutes. I think we will. I think we'll score a goal in the first five minutes, and then whether or not it's ruled out by VAR is gonna be the deciding <laughs> factor of how well we do in the game. Um. But anything, any uh, final things you guys want to talk about before we end? No, just just hope to get the win. 
What about you, Charlie? Uh, no, I have nothing really to add. It's been a good podcast. Um, I really don't have, I've said everything I had to say, so yeah. Alrighty. Uh, as we always say at the end of all our Spurs podcasts, it's a good time to be a Spurs fan. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hotspur House. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>